Good evening and welcome to Horror Down South. My name is Ryan. This is Rodney. Hope everyone has had a good week and had a great Thanksgiving. Um, Just kind of been really busy for us lately doing uh, life stuff. Yeah. It has been a very trying time. We are sorry we don't have a special topic for you tonight. We do have something good, but it's not going to be as special as what we had hoped just because of recent events that went on in our personal lives. But we did want to bring y'all something, so in a little bit we're going to get into that. But Rodney actually has horror news that he wants to go over, and I think some of this is actually pretty exciting. So what you got, brother? All right. Um, a couple of months ago, back in September, I believe it was, it was announced that Jordan Peele, the director of Get Out, would be producing a remake of Candyman. And today it was confirmed that there will, in fact, be a remake of Candy. It's not actually a remake. It's described as a spiritual sequel. Um, It's going to take place in the same area of Chicago as the first film that has undergone a change. They've torn down the the old housing project, uh, from my understanding, and it's been rebuilt. I guess part of a city beautification project or something. Who knows? Don't know. But it's going to be co-written by Jordan Peele, and it will be directed by Nia DaCosta. I'm not actually sure of anything that she's directed. I think maybe something called uh, The Little Woods or something. I'm, hmm. I'm not familiar with this director, but it has a tentative release date of 2020. So it's oh, something wow. we'll look forward to in the next uh, year and a half, hopefully. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting, actually. I'm pretty uh, excited about that. Yeah, I feel that Candyman is a underused slasher villain. Absolutely. I definitely think that Candyman was probably the best horror film to come out in the 90s, which is one of the reasons I'm so excited for this spiritual sequel, I guess is what it is. And Jordan Peele's involved, and I, I enjoyed his comedy, and I thoroughly enjoyed Get Out. I oh, yeah. I thought it was phenomenal. <clears throat> and uh, the second piece of news, Joe Bob Briggs of Monster Vision fame, if anybody watched that in the mid to late 90s, he will return to host his third marathon for Shudder this year. It's going to be titled A Very Joe Bob Christmas, and the, <laughs> the marathon will take place Friday, December the 21st. So I was actually wrong. I told you before we started recording it was the 23rd. Oh, so it's two days before that. Yes. So Sweet. It'll actually be the day after we record an episode for that week. So try to remind the listeners of that if they're interested and it'll be carried on the shutter streaming service okay and it's uh it's gonna be exciting like yeah I, i'm I'm pretty excited about that because I, I like old jim bob oh yeah joe joe, joe bob. bob my bad <laughs> joe bob um jim bob joe bob he hosted a marathon in the summer i i can't remember the exact date but i feel like it was on a friday the 13th it was a 24-hour marathon, but Shudder, I guess, didn't anticipate the interest in this marathon, and Shudder experienced multiple technical issues, and some people were left out 
but he returned for Thanksgiving and did a Dinners of Death was the name of that marathon. I tried to make it through. It was only four movies, but I I guess I'm getting old. I I, I only made it through two. I made it through (laughs) the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I was super excited. It was the first time Joe Bob got to do that due to censorship restrictions and stuff. And uh, The Hills Have Eyes was the second film. I got the original, not the remake. I'd never seen that, actually. I don't know how I've made it this long in life and not watched that movie. I like the remake, so... Yeah, the remakes aren't bad, but the the first one, it's it's amazing. Like, it's it's pretty great film. And he actually had Michael Berryman, who plays one of the villains in the the original film hmm. as a guest. I was pretty excited about that. I don't know if he had any other guests cuz I only made it halfway through the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Well, that was that was uh two films and you fell asleep, right? Well, two films and Joe Bob's commentary which stretched it out to two and a half hours per film. So I made it five hours in. You made it five hours <laughs> and then fell asleep. I guess you decided to go ahead and take your well-deserved nap. Yeah, yeah. I had to I had to go back to work the next day. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that does it for the horror news, though. Well, I mean, I botched his name a minute ago, but Joe Bob... <laughs> is a fantastic guy and he does a lot of good work and I'm actually excited to actually be able to talk about him as well as Jordan Peele writing this yes. new uh, spiritual successor to Candyman. I, I was hoping he would direct it but uh, in lieu of directing he's co-writing which is still exciting. The I was very surprised he transitioned from comedy to horror so well. And, and I guess that's what makes Jordan such a fantastic director and writer and, and person, for that matter, because he focused on the side, which is comedy, and then he went into doing horror, which is more of his streamlined field. And that's what he enjoys more, and it shows. Yeah, from, from what I've gathered from interviews he's done, he has always had a passion for horror films, but... He got successful through comedy, so it's kind of fun to see stuff like that. And who knows, maybe he could give us some uh, entertaining horror comedy later on down the line. Which would be awesome. Oh, absolutely. I feel like there's just not enough of that. You've got got the the Evil Dead series, the the original Evil Dead series. Let's not even talk about that remake. it, it was what it was. <laughs> and then Shaun of the Dead, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, you know, there's just not a... There's, there's some there's, there's some great examples, but there's just not a lot. There's not a lot. And that's, that's a lot of the problem is not a lot of people are seeing horror comedy as a true genre. And I feel like that should be exposed. Oh, absolutely. And, and there's... There's some great examples going back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, the House, uh, I believe that came out in the 80s. That was a pretty good example. But I can't actually think of too many other ones. I'm, I guess I'm deprived in that sense. I am. I am too. <laughs> My question to you is, have you even checked out House on Haunted Hill yet on Netflix? 
The Haunting of Hill House? Or The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, that's I it. I have not seen that yet. Um, it's supposed to be more like ghost story type of horror. And yeah. I enjoy that. I think, it, I think it'll be interesting. I just haven't got around to checking it out yet. I've been so busy with other things. And I totally just said House of Haunted Hill, which is a movie, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, it is a... I believe it was a Vincent Price film in the 1950s originally, and it was remade in the late 90s, early 2000s. And Jeffrey Combs of Reanimator fame was actually in the remake. So that is a, there's a nice little bit of trivia there. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> something I didn't know. So, Lord, I am just botching everything. Shows you what uh, life does to you. But, um, Rodney, you ready to get into this, bud? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Three, two, one. What topic do we have for these folks tonight? All right, tonight we have the Falk Monster, also known as the Beast of Boggy Creek. I, I think it's pronounced Falk. Uh, doing my re- research, watching videos, listening to people talk about it and whatnot, I heard it pronounced Falk and Folk. So if anybody knows the correct pronunciation, let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> but actually, and I did not share this with you prior to recording this episode, this is one of my favorite cryptids. It It's just a Sasquatch, but... As far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know. And I saw a, a film based on it when I was pretty young, and it kind of gave me this love for Bigfoot. It, the, the film presented information in a semi-factual way, but it was enough so to get you interested in what was going on. Like, if you if you didn't know that it was semi-factual and you watched the film, you'd think, oh, this is this is a documentary. This is this is nice. Yeah. It was really it was a really interesting uh film. But the Falk Monster sightings took place in Falk, Arkansas, which is located in Miller County. The most well-known sightings took place in the early to mid-1970s, but there were sightings going back to as early as 1851 and 1856, I believe is what I came across in my research. Now, what I did also come across was that it's not necessarily the same creature. It's just been linked. These sightings have been linked to this creature. But if it is the same creature, that puts sightings going back 160 years, and it might not necessarily be the same creature to live that long. But Well, in my research, I don't think it is. Right, right, yes. So some of the things you were sharing with me when we were writing this suggested that there may be some type of breeding population. Yeah, it seems that way because... 
I mean, these these more recent sightings mention a juvenile. So yes, I'm pretty excited to share that with everybody. I think that to me is really credible as far as this cryptid is concerned. You don't really see that often where there's a breeding. At least we don't hear a lot about seeing a juvenile. I mean, there are reports of it, but not they, they're not as frequent as you would think they would be if there was, in fact, a whole population of these creatures. So with that being said, um, I'm going to cover the prominent sightings that resulted in the the movie and Ryan's going to cover sightings dating back as far as 1908 to present day. So that's a uh, that's pretty exciting that you know the the people of this town have been experiencing this creature for decades. Yeah, that's to me that is more credible than and several of these cryptids that we've researched and yeah, absolutely. Like the downy booger. <laughs> like the downy booger. There's, there wasn't a whole lot to go off, and I mean, it could be real, it, but it this to me is the most credible, and I personally like this topic in general. I hadn't actually thought about it. This probably is the most credible topic we've covered so far. I mean, we're so only far. four episodes in. But. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> as far as you know. Continuing on our cryptid run here, we have been wanting to do more of paranormal stuff and demons and such, but we haven't really had the opportunity. And one of our episodes in the near future is actually going to be a paranormal location. Yes, yes. We're we're not going to drill cryptids into the ground. We're not. No. That's not our. That's not our aim. But it's just been some of the more interesting stuff that we've come across so far. And we were trying to keep it in the South, more or less, and Arkansas, Arkansas. fits that bill. Arkansas. <laughs> That's what I like to call it, Arkansas. <laughs> so let's, let's dive into this. Let's do it. All right. In the early 1970s, Residents reported sightings of a large humanoid creature covered in long, dark hair, estimated to be seven foot tall and weighing upwards of 300 pounds. Some residents also reported the creature ran swiftly with a galloping gait and swinging its arms, almost like a monkey. The creature is said to emit a strong odor, like a cross between a wet dog and a skunk. It's also described as having bright red eyes the size of silver dollars. Lord. The most famous encounter involves the Ford family. Bobby and Elizabeth Ford, along with Bobby's brother Don, were attacked in their home on May 2nd, 1971. Initially, they thought the creature was a bear. Um, Elizabeth was sleeping on the couch when the creature reached through a screen window. Bobby and his brother fought the creature off. They took some shots at it. They were convinced they hit the creature, but were unable to find any blood to track the creature. They conducted a search of the area and turned up nothing. 
Three weeks later, the creature was spotted crossing a highway. Over the next several months, tourists and local residents reported more sightings and discovered more footprints. The footprints, most of the footprints that were recovered from what I came across in my research, were of a three-toed creature. There were some that were your traditional Bigfoot-style footprints, but most of the footprints were three-toed, and that there's no primate with three toes. Yeah, that I saw that in my research as well, which is weird because you, you got it on your research too, and neither one of us have shared their, our research with each other. Right. So leads into the credibility. Um, the the Fords actually recovered some footprints on their property, which were of the three-toed variety. Huh. And their home was also damaged. The screen window was damaged, and the siding on their house was damaged, and there were scratches on the door. So this this really was an attack. This was pretty... It seems pretty intense. I imagine a seven-foot-tall, hairy humanoid... Coming in your house, it's got to be terrifying. And on top of that, you would think most Bigfoot are docile. Right, yes. Most most reports of Sasquatch are of docile creatures. They just see it walking in the woods or whatever. They don't really bother anyone. Yeah, and uh, there have been uh, reports of people being attacked by having rocks thrown at them but well i'm pretty sure you know that certain sasquatch doesn't want to be bothered yeah he might just want to be left alone which i imagine they all do oh yeah (laughs) but following the ford's encounter a radio station out of little rock arkansas k-a-a-y posted a one thousand ninety dollar bounty on the creature Obviously, this attracted hunters to the area. They wanted to claim this bounty. The Miller County Sheriff, Leslie Greer, was forced to institute a no-guns policy for the whole area out of concern for public safety. Three people were fined for filing fraudulent monster reports. What? I I don't know how they determined which monster reports were valid and which ones weren't, but three people were fined about 60 bucks each for filing a false report. That is kind of ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. I don't understand why you would (laughs) find someone for just telling a story. Right. It's almost (laughs) as bad as the the sheriff in that town when it comes to the... What was it? The The Faultville Metal Man. Man. Losing his job and everything over that. So, come on, folks. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) What can you do? Despite waning public interest, the creature would receive a boost in notoriety from the 1972 film The Legend of Boggy Creek, which was written by Earl E. Smith and directed by Charles B. Pierce. The film told the story of the Fords in a semi-factual way. It was presented in documentary style, like I mentioned before. Yeah. On a reported budget of $160,000, the movie made $20 million. And this was in 1972-73. That's that's a massive success. That's a huge success, considering if you make that kind of money 
if you multiply that today, I mean, take our money in today's society. Oh yeah. I mean that you're you're tripling your money in that day and time. Oh, it's it's way more than triple. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, let's see. You got anything else in there? There was a professor from a university, uh, Dr. Frank Shambach, I believe is his name. Uh, the university is today known as Southern Arkansas University. And Dr. Shambach was an archaeologist, and he said there was a 99% chance the three toed tracks were a hoax. According to Shambach, the tracks could not be from a species of ape, as claimed by witnesses, because they were from a three-toed creature. All primates, including hominids, have had five toes. In addition to the number of toes, the region had no history of primate activity, ruling out the possibility of the creature being the remnants of an indigenous species. And the fount monster was also partially nocturnal, most primates are diurnal that come out during the day yeah so if it's not a if it's not an ape you know what what is it yeah Yeah, if now a lot of the reports i've seen um just going over my sightings uh describe this creature as ape-like right right so it it definitely aside from the three-toed footprints which other Big uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot sightings have some have found three-toed footprints, but the consensus with the found three-toed footprints is that they're fake. And even the the mayor and sheriff Greer believe that they were fake. So really, any physical evidence is considered to be fabricated. So the only thing that we have as far as this creature is concerned are eyewitness reports. Yeah. And there are a pretty significant amount of eyewitness reports for such a small area. It uh, Over a hundred, it, it, it's got to be over a hundred. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at my paper right here, and it's it's got 61 alone on it. Yeah, he, he's got 61 in his research, and just in the year 1997 alone... There were forty sightings, and I don't. I don't think your research touches on forty sightings in nineteen ninety seven. It gives you a very vague base of about. Um, you said ninety seven. Yeah. Yes. Nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven actually isn't even hardly touched in this research, man. Uh, ninety seven. There's actually only one report. Oh, so he only has the one, and I've come across uh, information suggesting there were at least forty, with at least one more in nineteen ninety eight, where it was seen in a, a dry creek bed, I believe it was. So, the creature's been seen for decades, like we mentioned previously. I just don't see how that many people can lie. Yes, absolutely. And what what is there to gain from that many people? Lying, telling it. a fib. I mean, if you want to call it a fib, I I don't. I've never been to Falk. I've never seen what Falk looks like. I've I, never even been to Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> me either. So I don't know. Maybe the town does have some type of small tourist yeah base with this, which 
wouldn't be surprising. I mean, no. you've got the, the Mothman of Point Pleasant, and they've got a museum and a festival for that. So it, it's entirely possible that, yeah, that somebody might make a little bit of money, but no one's a millionaire over this. So oh, yeah. There wasn't really much to gain from lying about it. There was actually a book that came out in 2012, I believe it was. It's called The Beast of Boggy Creek, The True Story of the Fountain Monster. It's written by Lyle Blackburn. The book covers the history of the Fountain Monster and the making of the 1972 film, The Legend of Boggy Creek. And it also includes information on little-known reports since the 1980s. Hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to get that book and check it out. Yeah. Once I get through the mountain of other books on cryptid topics I have to get through. Yeah. And I have a feeling some of those will end up being topics. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to doing a Dogman episode in the near future. I've been reading a book on the Beast of Bray Road. I think I actually mentioned I was reading that book on the last episode. And you did. I just haven't. I just haven't had time to read the book. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one of those um, things where we, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. We just life hits hard sometimes, and we just haven't had a whole lot of time to do much of anything, nope. uh, hobby wise. But we're here doing this tonight to give you guys something. Yeah, we promised you something, and this was a pretty important topic to me. So, yeah, we actually flipped the script last night. Yeah, uh, actually, <laughs> uh, I was fisting to walk out of here, which is I'm, I'm located right now in Rodney's apartment. So, basically, um, I was walking out, and I said, "So, what topic are we going to cover?" And he goes, "Boggy Creek," and I said. Okay, <laughs> and here we are. So I don't really, you know, I wanted I want to cover the surprise topic. It'll probably be done next week. So as we said before, we are very sorry that we couldn't do that topic tonight, but this is just as good and as important. So... And I feel like it was a little easier to gather information for this topic than it would have been for the other topic. Uh, the other topic is massive. Yeah. So we were able to stay within our normal time frame and still deliver a good topic. I've, I've said my piece. Ryan has sightings that he wants to share. He's gone through this list of 61 and picked out some that he thought were pretty interesting. And I'm kind of excited to hear them. I haven't read his research at all. <laughs> Well, you know, we we try to do that, so neither one of us coming into this knows, so we get natural expressions. Um, Pretty sure Rodney has wanted to laugh quite a few times at some of my crazy expressions on my face. So, (laughs) Nonetheless, let's dive right in. So in 1932, um, I know he stated that in 1908, that's where the original sightings first started, other than the first two that happened in the late 1800s. The most credible sightings started around 1908, and I'm starting in 1932. And this was in near Falk, 
Arkansas, which is Jonesville area, which is still kind of in that same area as Bikey Creek. Yeah, that was actually where the uh, part of the area where the initial sightings took place in the seventies. Okay, maybe not the initial sightings as you're starting in forty years before where I started, but the big the, sightings. the big sightings. But in nineteen thirty two, a man sees a hairy man like animal from his porch. He said it quickly moved out towards the fence on his property and then disappeared into the woods. Then in 1946, a woman saw a strange animal in the field by her house. According to the local sheriff, she said it looked like kind of like a man, but walked like a man as well. But she said it wasn't a man. She said it was covered in hair. So that I don't know of any man that's covered fully in hair from head to toe. Could be a wild man, but more likely it wasn't a wild no, man. No. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. And then let's jump ahead here to 1965 where two teenage boys encountered a hairy man or ape-like beast near a lake on his family's property. It was described as a seven-foot tall with reddish-brown hair and about four inches long all over its body, and it stood upright like a man but had extra-long arms. And as the thing approached the boy, he fired at the thing with his shotgun three times, and then it fled. So, thought that one was pretty cool. Um, we we do not advocate the shooting of cryptids, by the way. No, <laughs> nor condone. So, please don't shoot Bigfoot. Please stop. <laughs> please. Begging you. But, jumping forward only a year ahead to 1966, this actually apparently was various occurrences. Smoky Crabtree reports that the alleged monster on several occasions has approached his house at night and was heard screaming or would disturb his dogs, although it never harmed any of the animals. So that's cool. It's coming up on people's property. So not as docile as we thought. But maybe he's just curious. Maybe he is. Maybe he's just getting <laughs> uh, what what we would say a wild hair up his butt. Like I've I've heard several reports of curious Sasquatch. So, well, as long as he doesn't attack anyone, like your article stated, yeah, like with the Fords. Yeah, like with the Fords. Hopefully, he if he wants to be curious, he doesn't end up harming anyone because we don't want to see anyone get hurt. But at the same time, we don't want to see anything happen to a cryptid that we enjoy talking about and hearing about. So goes back to don't shoot our cryptids. Yes. If you kill them, science will never admit they exist. Exactly. <laughs> because for some reason, when people kill them, they bury them and forget where they buried the bodies. Never fails. I got something to tell you in a minute about that. It's actually one of the sightings. Oh, wow. So, jumping forward 
1967, which isn't very far, in the spring, while driving late one night, a teenager who later became a Grammy Award-winning musician and his cousin see a hairy-covered, bipedal creature running along Highway 71. They were residents of Texarkana and had never heard of the Falk Monster or Bigfoot. The teenager didn't realize what he seen until years later when he saw the legend of Boggy Creek. Oh, wow. I'm actually really curious as to who that artist is. We're going to have to do some uh, digging into that. Yes, we are, because when I first read it, I was like, what? This is cool. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And then this apparently is a new report that somebody recovered from 1969 that obviously wasn't part of this particular research until who knows but it's it's stated that it's a new one so this took place in december of 1969 a family of four was driving on highway 71 north of falk at night when they spotted what they thought was a man in a fur coat walking towards them on the opposite side of the road it was cold and close to christmas so they decided to slow down and offer a ride as they got closer they realized it was not a man in a fur coat, but instead some kind of thing covered in hair. As they approached with the bright lights, with the bright lights on, they the thing stopped and raised its arms to shield the light from its eyes. The arm was thick, hairy, and muscular. Its body was covered in brown, shaggy hair with longer hair over its face. The legs appeared to be caked in mud from the knees down, Frightened, the family quickly sped off, wondering what they had just seen. And actually, this location would have been close to the Ford property, and the date was prior to knowledge of the Falk Monster sightings. Oh, wow. And that has actually has been recorded in Sasquatch Chronicles. Cool. So that's super cool. And then 1970s. I don't even think we're going to touch that because Rodney already did it. So let's move on to the next decade of information here. If I can get to it. And we're going to jump into 1986 where a local landowner was driving a representative from a brewing company to a wheat field located on his property upon a Upon reaching the black gate, the landowner stopped the truck and got out to unlock it. At the point, he noticed a tall, hair-covered figure walking toward them approximately 80 to 100 yards away. When the creature saw the man, it immediately turned and headed towards the trees near Boggy Creek. So that one, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, the Falk Monster wanted some beer. <laughs> Give me some beer. But um, 1990s. Now, there are actually a couple here that piqued my interest a little. So, in 1990, two men from Oklahoma smell a pungent odor while driving on Highway 71. They pull over and see a tall, man-like creature covered in shaggy black hair running towards the south bank of the Sulphur River. The creature was described as walking upright just like a human, not like a bear or gorilla. 
And that was actually published by the Texarkana Gazette. Hmm. Then, in 1991, this is actually 52 miles from Falk. So he was far, he was away from home. He's a roamer. He was a roamer. A large skeleton is discovered in the woods by two hunters. The specimen is completely intact except for it's missing a head, tail, and claws. Suspecting that the bones might belong to the alleged falc monster, the hunters take the bones from the property and give them to who knows because it is, it cuts me off there, but I'm going to have to do more research on that. Um, but that that is the one I was telling you about. Hmm. They actually found skeletal remains. That's interesting. Very interesting. Then, in 1992, six people, five young men in a car and one man in a semi-truck, traveling on FM-134. It's weird. <laughs> and they were, they were traveling around 11 o'clock p.m., they stopped their vehicles to watch a large, hairy animal walk upright across the road. The creature was estimated to be seven feet tall with a bulky frame covered in thick, bushy hair. It was clearly silhouetted in the headlights, and as it crossed the pavement and walked into the field where it disappeared into the darkness, all six witnesses got out of their vehicle and discussed this amazing sighting before leaving the scene. Oh, yeah. I, I would jump out of I my vehicle. I would have jumped out of my vehicle and been like, this is so cool. You know, I'd have freaked out, man. Sounds like Miller County needs to invest in some Sasquatch crossing signs because this this creature has been spotted multiple times. Just you're not you're not kidding. across the road. Like you're just just bebopping across the road. <laughs> He's gonna cause someone to have a wreck one day. Probably. Uh, in 1993, five people. Well, I think I just read that one. I totally did. It was, was the same one. So looks like they had two different ones here. But uh, it's effectively the same exact um, sighting. Hmm. It's a different sighting, but it's it, it's worded the same way. Except this took place at 2 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. So, so conflicting reports on this sighting, maybe. Might be conflicting reports, or it could be the, the exact same thing happening... Yeah, yeah. In what looks to be just a, a few hours. A Could separate be a few hours. In a separate year, if I'm oh, not mistaken. It was a separate year altogether? It was. Oh, wow. So, wow. And this time it wasn't six people, it was five people. Oh, wow. And it was another man in a semi truck, so apparently he liked semis. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he wanted to be a trucker. Hey, he's got the hair for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jumping ahead, we're going to jump in, jump ahead to 1997. While working on his car in the driveway, a man sees a large, dark brown creature standing in the woods watching him. He approached the creature and observed it for several minutes. Deciding to retrieve his gun, he went back into the house. When he returned, the creature was gone, but he eventually spotted it again, sitting in woods. He continued to observe the creature until dusk made it too hard to see. And in 2000, a hunter observed a hairy man-like creature, approximately eight foot tall, walking in a wheat field during the late afternoon. The wheat field was approximately two miles from Sulphur River along Boggy Creek. 
The creature was also described as having a musky smell. Hmm. So now that's the second report I've gotten of a pungent odor or a musky-like smell coming from the Boggy Creek area. So obviously Sasquatch can't take a bath. So I mean, I guess he could. I'm just not sure what good it would do. It wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> all the hair. He'd just be musky in another hour. So this one is also from 2000. A co hunter, a coon hunter, cone, cone. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'm botching stuff today. <laughs> a coon hunter encounters a hairy creature of immense size late at night. While hunting with his dog, this creature actually hissed at him and then splashed water on the hunter while making deep, throaty sounds. Maybe he really does not like to be irritated. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking that people have caused him to not be so docile. Could do. I mean, they keep shooting at him. Uh, if you are going to shoot at me, I would not be docile either. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed. I'd come at you. <laughs> I really would. I think I think he's got all the reason to do it, too. I mean, he's, he's, I'm just a hairy man. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, humans can be very inconsiderate. Yes, they can. So, jumping all the way from 2000 all the way into 2009, a wildlife photographer witnessed something run across the road in the afternoon in the afternoon at a location between Smith Park and Long Slow Boat Ramp. She described it as being tall, covered in hair, and running on two legs. It bounded the road in just a few short steps and disappeared into the woods. So, eight foot tall, you got to think his legs are more covering up more than half his body. He's That's a big old creature. Mm, oh, absolutely. If he can take just a few steps and get across a probably what was a highway right right which is and typically four lanes i actually forgot to mention this when i was discussing my research starting in the 1980s people began reporting a much bigger creature 10 foot tall and weighing 800 pounds they they estimated what so uh, who knows if it's the same creature this whole time or if there's been different size creatures because i mean seven foot to ten foot's a big jump that is a huge jump 300 pounds to 800 pounds is a massive jump. that is a massive jump um i've actually got uh some more recent sightings in this research that is gonna give validity to what you just said so in 2011, while driving in the early evening, a husband and wife see a strange, bip- a strange bipedal creature run across the road and disappear into the woods, headed in the direction of Old Biddy Lake, which I do believe is somewhere near the area of Boggy Creek. Um, they described it as being about six feet tall, and very stout with human legs and feet. It was covered in reddish-brown hair that had dirt and debris stuck to it. The husband promptly stopped the vehicle, at which time the couple could smell a rancid stench coming in through their open car windows. 
So I guess it's pretty well established that the Falk monster smells horrible. He smells awful. But like we said, what can you expect from a seven to ten foot tall hairy man creature <laughs> thing? Now, this is where it really gets interesting. Yeah, I see you have an asterisk by that. I do have an asterisk by it, and there is a reason for it. So, in 2014, in January of 2014 to be exact, while gathering firewood near Mercer Bayou, a local resident surprised a four-foot-tall bipedal ape-like creature, presumably a juvenile. And as it made it, a moaning cry in the woods. When the creature ran, the witness attempted to follow, but lost sight as it ran into the murky water and dense cypress trees of the bayou. That was actually published by Lyle Blackburn. Hmm. So, how's that for credibility? All right. Um, I'm going to have to get that book. <laughs> I'm going to have to get it now, for sure, because... If they're talking about juveniles now, that means there's a breeding. Yeah, there's there's got to be. There's got to there's got to be more than one, at least met one man, one female, and yeah. they're breeding. And and because science hasn't studied squatches, no, we don't know what their lifespans are. Their lifespans could be way more than what humans are capable of. Yes. In the same year, in November. A local resident was driving along a back road near the Sulphur River at approximately 9.30 a.m. when she saw a bipedal ape-like animal come out of the woods and stop in the road. The creature was approximately five feet tall, covered in brown hair, and had dark brown eyes. It gazed at her momentarily before running into the thick woods on the other side of the road. That was also published by Lyle Blackburn. All right. So two credible incidents so, of a juvenile. Yeah, and it it seems like his his research on the sightings post seventy four seventy five seems to be fairly recent. Well, actually, the book was published in twenty twelve, so maybe those sightings aren't in the book at all. That's, so, that's possible. So maybe Mister Blackburn is still actively involved in the research of his creature which is exciting maybe he'll do another book i haven't read the first one yet but <laughs> yeah that that's that's um very valid it could be that it's not in that book but nonetheless really awesome that i found that information yeah that's and it came from mr blackburn and that's that's the most credible source we have yeah he he effectively wrote a book on the whole thing so <laughs> i mean what this monster is, we don't really know. I mean, I'm thinking Bigfoot. It definitely sounds like a Bigfoot. It sounds like a Bigfoot to me. I've got one more report, and this one caught my attention pretty pretty well. Um, this one was actually from 2017. Oh. So, very recent. It was actually May of 2017 when a man and wife were driving south of Falk near Bucky Creek at around dusk. As the woman looked towards the northbound lane, she saw a real tall, hairy, human-like figure standing at the tree line. She became terrified as she looked closer at the, few, at the huge figure and exclaimed, What is that? 
<laughs> her husband was driving and could not look back fast enough to see the figure. The woman does not think this was a person. That was also Lyle Blackburn. Oh, wow. So the there's three in a row. Actually, this whole page is Lyle. Oh, wow. So That's, that's pretty sweet. And it's all, it's all recent. Yes. So... That's all I've got on my sightings. Um, they were very good, uh, very credible information, especially right here at the tail end with the uh, most recent sightings, especially with the juvenile being, you know, sighted. And especially with these coming for Lyle Blackburn as well. That definitely makes them more credible in in our opinion. So that that does it for the Fount Monster. That does it, man. That's that's it. Um don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, Horror Down South. Um, give us some feedback on this particular cryptid. Tell us what you thought about the stories and about the sightings, and we won't hesitate to collaborate with you on it. No, absolutely not. And criticism, please. We we need to get better. Yes, we need to get better. <laughs> so if you jump on Spotify, search us, listen to the first four episodes. This is episode four. It'll be published tonight. I'll work on getting it up as soon as we're done. Get on there and listen to it. You can also find us on SoundCloud. You can actually also find us on Google Play now. I've just got us to the status where we're pending approval on there. So you'll be able to download Google Podcasts and find us on there. Uh, Working on getting in touch with um, several other podcast hosting sites. And figuring out exactly how to get on those particular sites. Because I don't really know how to do it yet. <laughs> we didn't know how to do any of this. And we're just learning as we go. Man, it has been an experience, though. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you're handling all the technical stuff. I, I don't have the patience for that. I know you don't. I know you don't. <laughs> but um, I think that's just going uh, to about wrap it up for us, guys. Yeah. You got anything else? I got nothing. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful night. And as always, we will see you in the darkness.